Hi there. We're so glad you found the Fabric Podcast. Before you start listening, we wanted to let you know that this is one of our earlier episodes where our show was called The Check-In. On these episodes, we talk about the company, giving you insight into who we are and what we do. But in 2019, we realized we really want to focus more on company culture. So we refocused and renamed the podcast. So just a heads up that this earlier episode is still us, the team from The Receptionist, but just with a different show name and a slightly different focus. Thanks for listening. On this episode of The Check-In, we're joined by Andy Alsop, president and CEO of The Receptionist, and we are talking all about predictable revenue. You might have an idea of what you think predictable revenue is, but Andy defines it for us and essentially talks about how when you put $1 into sales and marketing, we want to know that $3 is coming back out in annual recurring revenue. And that's our goal of predictable revenue. So we talk about the growth of The Receptionist, where the company was back in 2015 when Andy took over, and even where it was before that, and the growth that we've seen since that time. We chat about how the marketing and sales efforts have supported our growth, the journey that we've been on, and the things that we've learned along the way, and some tips for startups who maybe are bootstrapped, who want to get to that point of predictable revenue, so that you can not only be confident in what your money is doing, but hit the goals that you have for your company. So stick around. We are back on the check-in with Andy. How are you doing today? Great, Sarah. Thanks for asking. Of course. All right. So we are talking about a topic that I find really interesting now that I've learned more about it. We're talking about predictable revenue. So before we jump in, tell us what actually is predictable revenue? Well, let's see. So as pretty much everybody in the company knows, I drive back and forth between Santa Fe and Denver quite a bit. Yes. And during those drives, I end up uh, listening to a lot of business books. And so there's a little joke around the office uh, when I come back and Delin, our director of engineering, or Jessica will say, uh-oh, I wonder what book Andy read this time or listened to. Well, one of those books was a book by Aaron Ross called Predictable Revenue. And um, it's a really interesting story where he was one of the first salespeople at Salesforce. And during his time there, they had said, we want you to call on 100 customers. And so he went and he cold called 100 customers. Didn't know anything about him. He just had a list of numbers, had to call them and go through. So, and from that effort, he he got maybe one uh, meeting out of it, being able to book a meeting for an account executive. And he went back and said, there's got to be a better way to do this. So he went and got that a different list, but of 100 customers that included their email address as well. And he sent all 100 uh, people on that list an email and really kind of made it sort of juicy and interesting. And hey, how can you help this? And he tried different subjects and things like that. And from his efforts, I think he ended up making, let's call it five or six. I don't know what the actual number is, five or six appointments. So he had a a pretty substantial increase in his ability to engage people who have never heard of the company before. And so it was as a result of hearing that, that I became sort of interested in this idea of predictable revenue. And the idea being that with predictable revenue, and this is something my own kind of uh, riff on it is that predictable revenue for me means that when we can invest $1 in sales and marketing, and generate $3 of annual recurring revenue as a result. So that's what predictable revenue means to me and how I got there as a result of of reading the book, Predictable Revenue. Got it. So the goal is really knowing that when you put X amount of dollars in, which for you in this formula is $1, it generates $3 on the back end. Yep, exactly. And that's what makes it predictable. 
Because you know, I invest one, I get three. So Right. Got it. So then let's talk growth of the company. You know, where is the receptionist now compared to when you took over in 2015? Sure. So, and I'll even go back a little bit further before that. My predecessors and the people I bought the company from uh, started the company in 2013. I think it was about September when they sort of launched the app. And they went along until I bought the company in April of 2015. And when I bought the company, it was really sort of an MVP, a minimum viable product, another book I read, (laughs) (laughs) but that basically had done a great job of proving that we had a product that customers wanted to buy. And there were at that time, 160 locations using our software around the country. And I guess there were actually a couple that were around the world as well. We had a few sites in Australia as well. And so that was April of 2015. We are right now approaching 3,000 locations. So we've had about 1,600% growth over the course of a little over four years. So the growth has been, I feel, very strong. And we've done really well. And we have a substantial team. But what I want to see is I want to see us implementing predictable revenue so that we can begin to accelerate that growth even further. Absolutely. So yes, let's circle back to that idea of predictable revenue, because you talked about how it's the dollar in to sales and marketing that leads to that annual recurring revenue. So how have the marketing and sales efforts supported our growth so far? Well, that has been, we have started from the very first point when I bought the company, I had some ideas of what I wanted to do with marketing. But in very early on, and it's an episode, uh, and I think actually in the the previous episode having to do with, or one of our previous episodes about traction, I I credited a company called The Growth Co. and and Dave Falwell. We had hired Dave Falwell to help us with our marketing, which was excellent in the very beginning because we didn't have dedicated marketing resources. So we were putting money into things like making sure that we were publishing regular blog posts to get our content marketing out there which we've now brought over to audience ops as well. So we've also done a lot of traditional Google AdWords campaigns, retargeting campaigns, those types of things, uh, in addition to doing social media marketing. And so we have a, a pretty large array of the tools that we use to input into our marketing strategy, and they're constantly changing. We have are always looking at what is our ROI on, on different areas. One I think that's that people might find interesting is we we started to use Captera very early on. Captera is a review site. There's lots mm-hmm. of them out there, GetApp, Software Advice, G2, all those, and we pretty much use all of them. But when we started with Captera, it was so early on that they had just started a visitor management category. And so the cost to conversion and the cost to actually acquire a customer was so cheap. We were dumping money into it. We were like, this is great. Well, what happened? The other visitor management companies out there looked and said, wow, there's also this, uh, you know, we're also going to do the same thing, which then drove up the cost of marketing. So then we had to really say, okay, how do we go about our marketing? Because this one maybe didn't have the ROI it did before. And now we're going to go and dedicate resources maybe to a different area or expand the resources. So we have been over time increasing our marketing spend based on our total revenue. And we track those two together because one, if you're doing things right, you're getting revenue out. 
as your revenue begins to to increase, you want to put more money into the, into marketing. So from specifically from marketing perspective, that's really how we've been when kind of challenging ourselves with our marketing dollars. Right. And with this idea of predictable revenue, I know that's not necessarily a term you were thinking of previously, but it sounds like in the beginning, Captera was a little bit of that predictable revenue, right? You knew if you put certain money in, it was going to yield certain results and that was great. And then it stopped being that. It was no longer predictable because other people came to play too. Right, right. And actually, it turns out it's still, and, and that's why all the visitor management companies were putting money into it. It still is a great lead generation resource. So we continue to put money into it, but then we started to expand beyond that. And so it is right. a little bit that, that you know, predictable revenue is just how am I able to predict what revenue I will get from my investment in marketing and sales? And so we're constantly looking at that. It may be on a per channel basis. We'll look at the number of conversions. We'll look at the number of leads that we get. Or we'll look at, you know, all these different elements so that on a channel basis, a channel being maybe review sites, we're always measuring. And then predictable revenue kind of says, step back a little bit further. Let's look at in the sum total, all the marketing and sales uh, spend we put together, whether it's our salespeople salaries and commissions and bonuses and the channels we put marketing, all of that together, are we generating the one to three ratio? And that's what we're always getting to. I can't say that we've gotten there yet, but that is where my vision is and where I've seen us going, wanting to go for almost a couple of years. I mean, the team is always hearing me talk about predictable revenue and it's something I drive very hard because it's important to the success of our business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's important to know too, that as important as it is, we're not there yet, but it's something we're actively working on. So can you share a little bit more about sort of the journey of the receptionist and, you know, the things that make us unique, like fabric and and how innovative we are and how that has really sort of influenced this journey to predictable revenue? Sure. So fabric is, um, if anybody listens to our podcast regularly, is something we talk about all the time. It's our core values. And the I in fabric is innovation. And innovation is so important when you're trying to take this journey with predictable revenue. It's not something that at least that I could ever say, wow, we figured it all out on the first try. It is all about, let's try this. Does it work? If it doesn't work, let's try this. If it doesn't work, let's try this. So, I mean, one thing that's been working really well for us right now is webinars. And it's because Tom Foster, our director of sales, came on board. And he has just knocked it out of the park with our webinars. He has done a fantastic job. And so what that's allowed us to do is to have one more input into the predictable revenue model. Because to get predictable revenue, you really have to be efficient with your sales and marketing dollars. You just can't throw them around. You know, you have to be able to make sure you're generating an ROI off. And that's just one of the examples. And then we had tried webinars before and it, it just didn't quite work. And we couldn't quite figure out what the cadence was. And people were signing up but not coming in. And and so now we have this model that is really starting to work and starting to generate a lot of predictable revenue, basically. So it's those kind of things. You know, one of the other things, and, and now I'm being, I think, pretty transparent, is that I thought that predictable revenue was going to involve an outbound campaign, kind of like cold calling 2.0 was that I was describing earlier, where Aaron was mm-hmm. sending out emails and getting people on the hook and then, you know, having conversations. That's called cold calling 2.0. And I thought we have got to get to cold calling 2.0 with our company as well. We learned something as part of that innovation, as part of what we always do is let's try stuff, see how it works. 
we're kind of of the belief that visitor management still sits in an early space in the marketplace. It's not something that I go around when I talk to people, I say, do you know what visitor management is? Or have you walked into an office and seen an iPad there where you check in? And I'd still say that maybe about one out of three people know what that is. They're usually from larger metropolitan areas. They usually right. work in larger companies. But if they're in smaller companies and stuff, a lot of times they haven't seen something like that. Well, that means that if you're trying to, to reach out to people who have never heard of the product or heard of your company, and they don't know what it's about, you can't start a conversation or you can, but you're now you're starting an education campaign. And then it becomes mm-hmm. too expensive to reach out to those people. So we're actually realizing that maybe cold calling 2.0 is definitely going to be something, a tactic we're going to use. But we're going to sit for a little bit and wait because we're not sure that that it's actually working at this point for such a nascent industry. That's kind of where we are now with our journey. That's one of the pieces. And that was actually, honestly, a big piece for me. I thought, man, we've got to get out there and do the cold calling 2.0 as quickly as possible. And I'm now kind of slowing a little bit on that and continuing to work the other tactics that we have, which actually between Tom and Michael and, and our team, man figured out some really cool stuff. So I, I know we can get to predictable revenue. It just might not be the way I thought it was going to be. Absolutely. So then once we hit it, once we're at predictable revenue, then what happens? <laughs> That's a great question. When, once we hit this this magical, like we did I it. Know. We got predictable revenue. <laughs> we celebrate. <laughs> the awards. But, then, but then what do we do? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's kind of like just part of the journey. What we've been doing is we have been running our, we've, we've talked about this before, it's no secret, we're a bootstrapped company and we're also cash flow positive. And so as a result of that, we have built up a nice, handsome, healthy bank account. And what that means is that we could, in many cases, if you have this predictable revenue, you could go out to venture capitalists, you could go out to large investors and say, look at what we have. And they'll mm-hmm. look at it and say, wow, you have proved it. We're going to model this out. Yeah, you've got it. And they're probably going to say, let's dump a bunch of money into it. So anybody who is looking for venture capital, this can actually raise your valuation significantly because you've taken it past, I think we can do this to, I know we can do this. We've built a healthy bank account and that gives us the luxury of being able to say, okay, let's start popping $1 in and, see, and continue to make sure we get that three, those $3 out and we can keep going. Now, as part of the effort that we went through uh, with traction, we figured out our virtual traction organizer. We know where we want to be in 10 years. We know where we want to be in three years. And it's all location-based goals that we have. So those, what I want to do is say, okay, can we hit our location-based goals for three years and 10 years with the cash and the cash flow that we are generating? And if we want to, we could go out and generate investment. And as you've heard, we're not really, since we're bootstrapped, we're not really going out and looking for a huge shot of investment. We're not going to go out there and get $40 million in in VC. There are a lot of resources out there to SaaS-based businesses for things like debt capital. And then also you can find angel investors. And that's, that's personally where I want to go. And I believe that we could get an investment if it became necessary, if we couldn't do it out of our organic cash flow, that we would be able to find other investors to help us put money in. And the great part about like debt capital, there's you know resources like lighter capital and Bigfoot Capital and others that are doing basically SaaS-based revenue financing that will look at something like this and they'll say, great. And you can actually 
in a non-dilutive fashion, if you've got the growth metrics there, it then makes sense to take on fairly expensive debt capital, but it's almost like because it's regenerating, you continue to, to put money into the predictable revenue model and you don't have to right. dilute yourself. Or maybe you get yeah. some year and you, you pair that with some angel investment. That's honestly, that's that's kind of where I'm I'm going and thinking about things. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you can be more confident when you take on additional funds, regardless of where they come from, because you know that the money is going to come back based on what you've put in. Right. So for our listeners um, who maybe themselves are part of a startup, obviously, you know, getting to a point of predictable revenue is important if they want to pursue additional funding to maybe work with angel investors or other ways of, of finding income for their company. Um, that's important. What, what might be the other reasons why it would be good for a startup, especially a bootstrap startup, to get to a point of predictable revenue? Well, I think it's almost, it's not necessarily, I, th- I would say it's almost secondary that they get the investment. I, it is right. true they can use that. But if you're a bootstrap startup, predictable revenue, and you're, you're a bootstrap startup that is also generating positive cash flow, and you get to the point of being able to get to predictable revenue, you have a machine and a machine is what you want, right? You want a machine that you know when you press the accelerator and you put it in first gear, that machine moves forward. That's what you're trying to do. You're always trying to make sure that you have a machine that you can continually work with and that will continue to achieve the goals that you've set for the company. So I would say it's, 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 22, 24-year veteran of entrepreneurship. And so it's been difficult because as a lot of people maybe listening to this podcast might think is like, wow, you know, just getting to the idea that I could have predictable revenue because they're probably thinking I just got, you know, I'm maxing out my credit cards. I'm just trying to make this thing work. Eventually, that I think is what everybody really wants to get to is the ability to know that they can make an investment of a certain number of dollars and get a certain amount of revenue back out of it. And right. I think that is, I mean, it's a, a position I feel extraordinarily grateful for. And I feel very grateful for our team because we're getting close to that point. And it's something I've been working throughout my entrepreneurial career to get to. Absolutely. Our, our machine is almost finished. We're almost there. Well, I don't know if it'll be finished. Well, but I think finished I, I wish... <laughs> to the point of financial revenue. And then we keep moving forward. Exactly. And then we keep the machine going forward. Right. That machine going. <laughs> doesn't stop. It's strong. And exactly. Just keep going. So um, to finish up today, any final tips for our startups on the journey to predictable revenue? Because like we said, it is a journey that we've been on for a handful of years and we, we're, we're still on it. So what would be any tips for our listeners? I think my tip is patience. You never really know what, you know, I thought, oh, cold calling 2.0 and, you know, and Dylan and Jess, you know, who are part of the leadership team kept hearing me say that. And they're kind of like, I don't know, Andy. And I'm like, no, we got to do it. We got to do it. And we were patient and we have been patient. We're not even there. So I don't want to talk as if we've actually achieved it yet. But being patient has, I think, allowed us to kind of sit back and say, okay, these are the things that are working. These are the things that aren't. And then being able to bring in super smart people who are really good at what they do and then be able to say, look, my vision is to get to predictable revenue and then have them adopt that vision and then just essentially say, let's get together and figure out what are the things that we can actually do to get us to that point? But realizing it's not all going to work. Some things are going to work that you thought were going to work. Other things aren't. So patience is what I would probably say. Yeah. And it sounds like checking back in too to see how things are going, not just starting something and letting it go to ad nauseum until infinity. You got you to gotta check back and see how it's going. And is it working? And do you let it continue or do you stop? And 
try something else. Exactly. That's exactly it. Well, thank you. This has been uh, really interesting. And I look forward as we continue our journey to predictable revenue and celebrating exactly. when we get there. We'll have to do another one of those follow-up episodes. Yes, where we, are. we will. And then, we'll, and then we'll drive our machine. Yep, exactly. Not into the sunset. That's not where we want to go, but we'll, we'll keep going. <laughs> into the sunshine. <laughs> yeah, sunshine. There we go. Well, thank you so much for your time, Andy. This has been great. Wonderful. Thanks, Sarah. We hope that you got some good insight into happiness, what we've got going on to ensure that our team and our clients are happy, and maybe what you would like to do to increase the satisfaction or measure that satisfaction for your own clients and customers. And if you'd like to check out our two-week free trial with no credit card required and to see what we do to make our potential customers and then customers happy, check us out at thereceptionist.com.